is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, February 5th, 2020, season 15, episode number 114. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys football here with you guys for about an hour. And a lot of things to get into today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some players that are coming up on uh, their contracts will be expiring here in the next uh, several week, couple weeks, and uh, what the Cowboys should maybe do around some of those players. We'll do that in the first segment. Second segment, we're actually going to spend a little time going through a uh, very interesting article that Nick wrote about the Super Bowl. Talk about mm. some of uh, some of his takeaways from the Super Bowl. See if Dave and Amber think they're in- as interesting as I do. Um, and then in the final segment, we will get to some phone calls. So you guys can call us, 888-855-2297. We'll take questions. We'll take comments. Whatever you guys want to talk about in that third segment, we will be here for you and have those conversations. How's everybody doing today? Great. Good. We good? Yeah. Great. Yeah. You guys enjoying the off season? Love it. <laughs> Nick, no? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's the off season. Yeah. This it's, is the first time. This is a tough off season, though. This is tougher than usual. Go ahead. Well, th- I was just going to say, this was the first time that I was actually kind of bummed and upset. Like, usually I'm like, oh, yes, off season. I'm ready to take a break or whatever. But this was the first time of me seating on my couch watching the Super Bowl and being like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> wish, I mean, not that the Cowboys deserved to be yeah. there, but I'm saying, like, You're we me- should have been there making this happen. I should be in Miami right now. <laughs> there and it I is. was not. It is there. I should be in Miami. We should be in Miami. Like two years ago, the Super was in Super Bowl was in Minneapolis. I doubt she was that upset. <laughs> yeah. like, we should be in Miami, living it up and covering the Cowboys who are about to battle yacht. for the- yeah, doing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I was See, bummed. I no, I, I don't like this. Was an eight and eight team. They didn't deserve to be anywhere near there. Like twenty sixteen. Yeah, I remember being like, "This is stupid. We should." Hey, we, I never said they deserve. We should be there, but. The, it should, should have happened last should season. Should means deserve. <laughs> like that's no, they're very different. It's like honestly, one hundred percent. I had my and then like many other people, very high hopes at the beginning of the season, and I was certain that that was going to be the year, and it clearly was not that way. I think she just wants to cover the game, like be at the Super Bowl. Maybe not so much yeah. the Cowboys. You know, there's a lot of media here in Dallas. They go and they'll find reasons to go there. Well, you know yeah. what? It was the that's first a great time. way to phrase it. People find reasons to go there. They definitely do. Which. Yeah. I kind of I thought about that not to get into the journalism weeds but like if I ever have a chance to cover a Super Bowl I want it to be for a better reason than just like I found a reason to be there you know like like the team it, that you cover yeah, regularly and is it's there. the Cowboys yeah. first trip in 30 years or whatever as right. opposed to just like I'm going to find a way to be down there even I'm though I cover don't. Anthony Hitchens. Yeah, like, not really. I don't really want to do that. I, hey, I've done that. Uh, yeah. In 2009, the Cowboys had um, they, they the coaching staff was the coaches for the Pro Bowl, and then Emmett was going into the um, to the Hall of Fame. It was the Saints and Colts. It was that whole week, and and I did that. I like found linebackers that played for the Saints. I forgot their name. Um, they had two of them, Scott Fajita yeah. and Vilma, probably. Shanley. Oh, Shanley. Scott Shanley, yeah. yeah. a couple of former, you know. Yeah. Yeah, fans really care about that. <laughs> no. But it was a reason to get there, Chief, right? Chiefs have six guys yeah. that, that, that have a ring that were with the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. You know. Yeah. Very few of them, well, only half of them actually played a, a, an important role for that team. But, yeah, yeah they, I mean, they all get... They all get rings like like the next guy. So right, yeah. All right, let's jump into this this free agent talk a little bit, uh, just to give you guys some context. The Cowboys, or I guess the NFL, uh, their schedule is set up such that starting February 25th through March 10th, that will be the period where teams can designate their franchise players or, ta- or transaction. Tra- I'm sorry, transition tag players, um, and then. Free agency will begin uh, on the 18th. There will be that little period of two days between the 16th and 18th of March where teams can start negotiating. But all that being said, um, during Super Bowl week, we heard some interesting things. We heard comments from Steven. He said that Dak's the number one priority for them and follow that up with Amari's probably number two. 
And then we also heard some things from Dak um, about his thoughts on the contract. The first question I have for you guys is, um, how would you handle this contract coming up, this contract period coming up, knowing that you have Dak out there, you have Amari out there, you have Byron Jones out there. How would you handle specifically Dak and Amari going into this this free agency period? Well, you know, I, I think it's easy to say Dak's top priority, Cooper's second, because that's kind of what people think is going to get the most money. But I, I think it's important in the order. I think Dak needs to have you need to get a long term deal with Dak, so you can be flexible with what you want to do with Cooper. If that means a transition tag or a franchise tag, but you got to remember, transition tag could go away if the CBA is signed. Um, or, or it, doesn't, it doesn't go away, yeah. but you can't use both. Yeah, right now, the way that the, the, the CBA is, and, and it's since it's expiring, you can use you can have a transition tag and a franchise tag. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, you can only use one or the other. And when you say if that doesn't happen, in other case, in other words, if the Cowboy, I mean, I mean, if the NFL yeah. and the players' union actually come to an agreement on a new CBA. Then tell me what happens at that point if you have a franchise and a transition. Um, if you if you have both, yeah, I mean, I, if you have both, I, from what it sounds like, the transition goes away. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, then. You and gotta, these are all things I assume that are maybe negotiated. Yeah. So it may not actually be right. In fact, we we know what's going to happen, but. The the, the, the point is answer. there is some there is some ambiguity about what happens with regards to right. those tags if there's a new CBA. Right. Let me just answer it differently. Let me just say that I think that that I I think you signed Dak to a long term deal. You just got to get it done. You have to get it done. And then I would franchise Amari. I think that makes more sense with him. That's I mean, what I think. Yeah. I mean, when you ask for my approach, like yeah, I mean they I they both need to be signed. I I want to sign them both. And that honestly, that was. I appreciated Dak's honesty there during Super Bowl week when he was like, honestly, I thought it would happen before the season because so did I. So did a lot of us. And uh, I know, you know, it takes two to tango. Dak's got to be willing to sign a deal. They've got to be willing to offer him what he wants. I get all of that, but they need to get this thing done. Okay, so, but, but I think, and there's the rub. Are you willing, if you're the Cowboys, are you willing to go to the number that he wants just to get it done? Is it no. that important to you just to get it What's done? What's the number that he wants? If he if he really wants forty, I'm no. gonna I'm gonna guess that number is well above the thirty two, thirty three, or maybe even thirty four that that we've been thinking he probably falls in line with those other guys like Goff and and Wentz. It's probably not there. It's probably something above that. Or what is your point where you're like, okay, I can get up to here, but I can't go beyond that, even though I know that that can be hurt that can hurt my team if I have to franchise him or whatever. You know? That's the fun part is. That's that conversation is could change soon because uh, the Chiefs have made it known that it's a priority for them to lock down Patrick Mahomes, who has the credentials and the resume to ask for whatever he wants, and I, I, he will be the NFL's first forty million dollar player. 50? I don't. I mean, I heard somebody bantering maybe. about that the other day, and I was like, Yeah, I don't think you can completely rule it out. Yeah. I don't think he would do that because it would. I mean, now you really are start, start starting to talk about crippling your team. You would honestly have to have a new CBA, and the economics of football have to drastically change to where you can afford to put fifty million on a quarterback. I don't think I would be shocked if he hit forty-two million a year, and or or you know, they're forty-three, whatever. So, point being is. That's going to happen, and if it happens before Dak is signed, that's just economics. Is Dak is like, well, the structure has changed now, and now like thirty six isn't what it was, or thirty eight yeah. isn't what it was, and so I guess to answer it more bluntly, like my line in the sand right now is probably like thirty five, where I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why do you think you deserve more than that? Like, why why would I pay you more than what I'm what's Russell Wilson is being paid? And but again, if if Pat Mahomes making forty two, I know he's not Pat Mahomes. Stop yelling at me. I can hear all of you doing that. But again, it's economics more than anything. It resets the market. So that number changes if he signs, which is all the more reason why it's got to happen soon. You just can't afford to be going up against that contract. And the fact is, resetting the market then kind of resets things for Russell as well. You you it almost blows the thirty six out of the water because then it's like, well, yeah, thirty six. He may not be better than Russell. But Russell hasn't had a new deal since the forty-two was set. So yeah, that's my that's yeah. The that's guy. where it makes it difficult, right? That's the guy I think that's in the way. But honestly, the the one that I think the Cowboys are really worried about is Deshaun Watson. 
That's the one that you look at his stats and what he's done in accomplishments. And Houston might be the type of team, or you know, that just says we're going to pay for what he's going to do. And that's the one that kind of scares. I think the Cowboys more than Mahomes because I just think Mahomes is on a completely different level. But Watson, Russell Wilson, you're talking about those other two guys that got deals that both have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, so. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think. I, I think the Cowboys need to stick to their guns on this one. I really do. They, and I don't want it to happen where, let's say, they go and pay that big amount of money, and then Dak essentially is playing the same way that we've seen him play. Although he had a growth this past year, but at the same time, you know, Nick always talks about clutch moments. Like, mm-hmm. can he be that player in those critical moments of the game? And if he's not, then we're really going to be talking about like what. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time with players when they get mm-hmm. those kinds of big contracts. Exactly. Let, let me let me go back to what you, what you just said. Let's go back to the start of the season and let's say that he signs the deal for thirty three million a year. Okay. He he is now the high, you know highest paid in Cowboys history and all this stuff that goes with it. And then the season happens just like it did, like it did. What are we viewing him differently? I think we'd be viewing him very similar to how people are viewing Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. I don't think Demarcus Lawrence had a bad year. I think for the contract, people are like, hmm, did we really get what we paid for? Right. Like that's the point. And that's right. And so when you when you, when you factor all that in, then it's like, okay, well, should he get more than that? You know, because if he would have had that money and gone eight and eight and not ever led the team back in the second half of any game, then I think you you know. I don't think I don't think Demarcus and all those guys that have signed deals. I don't think they had that much of a step back here. Just you know, yeah. I think I think I will be alone in this, but I think I would view it more favorably. You do, yeah, because I would be like, well, not the best season. That's not going to cut it. He's costing this toward the salary cap, but again, we started the clock. We started the clock on this contract. We're already working toward being out from under yeah. the bad part of it. He is already settled into the hierarchy where. Mahomes is going to pass him. Watson's going to pass him. Lamar's going to pass him soon. And in two or three years, he will be 10th on the list like Jimmy Garoppolo, who I will say for the millionth time set the market when he signed. And it's been less than two years, and he's ninth. That's how this, that's how this <laughs> that's works. That's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. That's amazing. And so if, if it had just happened in September, I would be like, no, you didn't get your return on investment, but you feel good about his development yeah. and his trajectory, mm-hmm. and you have started the clock on this instead of sitting here going, exactly how much are we going to have to pay this guy? Because yeah. it's starting to get scary when you're thinking about these other deals that are going to hit. Yeah. So, yeah, I would feel way better. And I, he did not have a great season, not a season worthy exactly. of that contract, but I'd still feel better about the situation if he was under contract. Now, I think everybody feels like we could, you know, you could sign this guy four or five years. I don't know how much it's going to be, but yet he'll be the guy. But are are you as comfortable with the four to five years at that price or, you know, at the top value for Amari Cooper? See, that one seems more scary yeah. to me. And I'll actually, I'll, I'll I'll, that's a great question. Let's take a, a quick break. When we come back, I want to hit that question. And I also want to ask the question, like, when you start looking at that, should he really even be your second priority? You got other guys like Robert Quinn out there. You got, you know, Byron Jones out there. Should he really be the second priority for this team based on what you've seen so far? And let's not also forget, this is a draft that's very deep at, deep at the wide receiver position, as I'm sure Dave can tell us mm-hmm. from his work on the draft show. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Let's talk about that. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, Download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. 
I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. This is the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about free agency. We're talking about some guys the Cowboys will have uh, available that they will have to either re-sign or let walk or, or maybe put the franchise tag on. We're talking about Dak Prescott. Uh, but the question before the break is about who the next guy is. Who's the next highest priority for the Cowboys? You got Amari Cooper out there. Um, you've got Byron Jones out there. You've got Robert Quinn out there. If you had to choose only one of those guys that you're really going to make a priority, you know you're going to try to keep Dak, but this other guy's going to be the only other priority that you have. Who is that guy going to be? I mean, it's it's Amari because you know if if you start. Trading away draft picks and not getting any return—that's when your your team will will suffer. And so I I think that I still view him as the first round draft pick from last year, and you've got to get some you know investment on that. So I I would I would do that. You know I would try to see if this new receivers coach and this new offense. You know I don't know if it's a new offense, but you know different wrinkles. I I would like to see what they can do here and. You know, but I I like the franchise tag for him because I like one more year, um, and then you know then then we we'll see where you are. And then after three years, if it doesn't work out, then okay, maybe maybe you can move on. And here's the thing, Dak. He's not to me, at least in my perspective, he's not the type of quarterback that can make it happen on his own. He needs those kinds of players like you you we've seen them go by committee and switch around receivers and it just did not work out Dak needs help from these other guys that are able to catch the ball and when it comes to Amari I mean he obviously I have my questions about him because those away games he just never showed up and it sucks when you only have a good player for half of your games and then for the other half it's like all right well what a bummer but my thing is if it's not him, who who is it going to be? Who else can come in at receiver and create that kind of impact when it comes to Dak handling the offense and finding guys on the field? All right, so Dave, answer that question for me. Let's assume for a second that the Cowboys did want to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take our chances here at wide receiver because we think this draft is deep enough." Are there guys that would be available to the Cowboys in this draft who can come in and immediately? Because that's the thing you can't wait two or three years that immediately can provide you at least what. Cooper was providing you as of last year and have a ceiling that can get even better than that. You're always taking a risk that that guy's going to be able to contribute right away. I mean, just especially where they're picking. I mean, this, first of all, this receiver class is absolutely loaded. They will be able to find talent. If they found Michael Gallup at pick 81, receivers like that will be available. Receivers like that will probably be available in the fourth round if this receiver class is what it's supposed to be. But again, Michael Gallup, like, inconsistent as a rookie, was not ready to put a real load on himself, blew up this season to a degree, but still wasn't a consistent... He still wouldn't be what you would call a number one receiver yet. Of course not. No, he had the chance in the Jets game, but it it didn't work out. Um, You know, Jerry Judy's out there, uh, T. Higgins, Henry Ruggs from Alabama. Ruggs is a speed guy, right? Incredible, yeah. Um, The list goes on and on, but... If you take a, it's it's what it's that classic thing of like if I take Amari Cooper out of this lineup and plug in a rookie, let's say alongside Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb, did I get better? I don't think the answer is yes. Maybe in the future, like you know, two three years down the line, that could be really nice. Uh, or you know, like I love the idea of keeping Amari and drafting a guy. I love yeah, that idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
Wouldn't stop you from bringing Randall Duvernay, Cobb back. Duvernay. Sure. Devin, Devin Duvernay. Colin Johnson. Um, no, is, no, no. Okay. Duvernay. Let's, is, yeah. is it Duvernay? Duvernay. It's Duvernay. I Duvernay. It's Devin I've Duvernay. I've only ever Duvernay. heard it Duvernay in my life. Well, that's du- fine, but I call him um, Duvernay. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I call him Duvernay. I call him Duvernay. Denzel Mims. Oh, geez. I forgot arguably the best guy in the draft. C.D. Lamb could be there for you at pick 17. Take that. Um, yeah. That good. The, the list goes is. on and on, but... I don't know. To 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 AG's point, I just does this team get better letting Amari Cooper leave? No, I don't think no. I don't think the answer is no. yes. Did they get better when he got but, here? But, yeah, but I think Absolutely. what you guys are not considering is are you willing to commit the money? I, I get your point. I actually am more in line with you from the standpoint I'd rather see him franchised, be honest with you, because I'd like to see another year. But are you willing to commit? And again, I don't know what they're asking. That's the thing. What is, is happening he, right is, now? Yeah. Because we don't really hear answers from him or the Jones or yeah. nobody. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's one of our priorities. But it's like, okay, we've heard things about the Dak Prescott contract. But then when it comes to Amari, we haven't heard anything. I'm not if sure he's asking the, top five money, I'm not willing to do that this year, I don't think. What do you guys think? Um, it, do you consider him a top five receiver in the NFL? No. Do you consider him a top 10 receiver in the NFL? Yes. Let me flip this yeah. back on you. Okay. Yes. I mean, is Dak Prescott a top five quarterback in the NFL? Is that. No, but I will say this about that quarterbacks. What it boils down to. To some degree, in other positions. I think for quarterbacks, the difference is if you get a quarterback that you think is good enough to get you to Super Bowl, you have to hold on to him because they are not plentiful. Wide receivers are plentiful. Like, there are a lot of good wide receivers around the NFL. You get a good one, you put him in your system, and you can probably have product productivity. From your passing game. Like, I, I don't think it's the same thing as the way you have to evaluate a quarterback where you just can't afford to go back to the bottom of the of the league where you don't have an option at all. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's, I mean, I'd be fine signing Amari. They, can, they have the cap to handle it. But if they, I would not hate the idea of franchising Amari, drafting a receiver somewhat high, and grooming that guy to help you move forward yeah. if you don't want to re-sign him later. That's I, fine with me. You know, I, I think there's three receivers that are definitely better. Um, you know, Houston. Um, what's his name? Hopkins. Hopkins. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Julio Jones. Monte Adams is in there, and Mike Evans. And then, but when you get to that yeah. point, you know, in Odell, I still think it is. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff going on there for Cleveland, but I think he's still talented wise. I mean, I think he's as good as anybody. So, but that's when you start making arguments. That's where I think the six, seven. You know, range. He's what, somewhere in that jumble behind, like you know, those top guys. I I think Hopkins and Julio are in like a class all their own at this point. But he's in that jumble behind everybody. You know, where yeah. you can go. There's like a list of eight. I mean, Keenan Allen's another one nobody talks still about. Still young. Yeah. You know, relatively still only young. like 26 or turning 26. I I really wouldn't have a problem paying him. And that's, do you get better? Letting him go. At least, I mean, if again, if you want to draft Jerry, Judy, and groom him, that's a different conversation. But, like, you're not getting better without him. And that's – and I get your point, Amber. Like, yes, Dak does need help. But, like, so does everybody, by the way. Like, Mahomes is incredible. I was just about to say. Mahomes yeah. <laughs> is incredible. But let's not act like there's not a boatload of skill talent on that offense. I'm actually shocked that you guys don't put Tyree Kill up there with those top wide receivers. Yet, I, because I think he should be up there with those top guys. I think you look at how he performs, and it, it is a consistent thing pretty much throughout the year. Game in and game out, he is making his, plays for his team. His route changed the Super Bowl. Yeah. That, the, the ability to turn that safety the way he did and, and, get, and create himself wide open. And he does that all the time. Yeah. And teams are paying attention to him. Teams are trying to take him out of the game, and he still is fine. It's kind of like what A.B. was doing in Houston for a long time. I mean, I'm sorry, in, in Pittsburgh for a long time, where teams would try to double him, would try to take him out of games. His route running was just so good that he could still get open. This is not so fair. I, honestly... I'm a little. I'm reluctant to say this about Michael Thomas because he did it with Teddy Bridgewater, and and his hands are like vacuum cleaners. He's yeah. he's nuts. But like I said, it's not fair. But Tyreek Hill, I'm like, I want to see you play with not the best quarterback ever. Like I want to see you play with somebody that's not a human cheat code. What I, what I, I think know? a lot of it is just his insane arm talent combined with Hill's insane speed. Like that's a ridiculous combination to try to defend, but. I've seen Hopkins do that with Ryan Fitzpatrick for years. I get it. I, I just the way I look at that is, uh, you you get a quarterback that can just sling it, 
works, yeah. right? Because Tyreek Hill is a guy yeah. that's going to make you look really good because he can just get open. He's yeah. faster than everybody else, and he runs good enough routes, like you were saying in the Super Bowl. He runs good enough routes that if he gets you, he he's smart enough to know how to get you off balance, and then if he gets a step, he's gone. You can't yeah. catch him. Between all I, I mean, Hill's on a big contract. Watkins is on a big contract. Kelsey's arguably the best tight end in the league. True. Uh, and then Nicole Hardman, they spent a top 100 pick on. And he's got, he can and run too. Mahomes is absolutely incredible. Not taking any credit away from him, but people act like he's the only thing on that offense sometimes. I'm like, no, there's there's a lot of talent there for him to work with. Yeah. Okay, well, here's another question. Aside from the whole talent subject, are any of you guys concerned at all about all these foot injuries that Amari went through last year? That doesn't concern you for this year? Yeah. Yeah, that that wouldn't that wasn't even my number one concern, but yeah, now that you mention it, it is. Really? Yeah. I don't know, for some reason I'm not as concerned about that. I, I kind of thought of those as just kind of, you know, kind of those fluke injuries that happen when you play football. You know, I I've never heard but he anything said that he's, suggests, he's dealt with that for a long time. I, so it's yeah, like, I get that. But it, I, I, would, I don't know that I've heard anything that suggests that this is a long-term problem for him. I think when you run as much as any receiver does, you're probably going to have issues. And by the way, he wasn't missing a lot of games. Like he played through a lot of that. Now there was one game where <laughs> there was one game that that you know he just he obviously didn't he have didn't it that play. day. But but my point still is I think that this is not wait like, which game is, wait which game are you talking about honestly the, was that the Jets game, Jets game where he pulled himself out yeah. yeah well I don't yeah I I didn't know you were talking about that game or the one where the Eagle game where you know, I, I mean no the Jets game is weirder to me the Jets game is the game that just seemed weird to everybody because and, you were like so you were pretty good or thought you could play all week and you thought you could play on game day and then a couple plays in without anything seemingly happening yeah, you just kind of like I absolutely can't do it right that's the part and that was then a little weird play to everybody. the next week yeah so that was a little weird to everybody to weird. everybody but again we don't know what his like his body may have just like he may have just twisted it the wrong way coming out of his you know coming out of a, a break or something mm-hmm. who knows I, I need you on the field on fourth and eight I I, I need you to, to be on the field like that's on Eagle game. Like, that's the one. And Cobb, too. I mean, let's don't put, yeah. you know, Cobb kind of got him down there. But I I, I don't know. His, his demeanor scares me. And I, I don't like to say that because it, because it's like everybody's built differently. And you're like, don't question my toughness or my heart or any of that stuff for based off what you see because I'm a quiet guy. I, I get that. But I just, it scares me because... You don't know if you don't see the fire. You don't see it. I don't saying you have to be like Odell Beckham, but you just don't see it, and it's it's scary because that was a contract year when you're supposed to be really really hungry. Yeah. So I don't. I just don't know. It's, I mean, so, I don't know. it's so funny how you you swing from these different extremes. Like you yeah, had a that's Dez. What I was thinking. Yeah, you now. had a Dez where it's like, yeah. man, just settle down a little <laughs> yeah. bit, dude. Right. It's okay. And then on this side, you're like, oh, no, man, you got to pick it up some. We got to see <laughs> I, more fire. I, I know. It's, I, and I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't. I don't feel the same way. Yeah. But but it is kind of this this dueling thing where you're like, give me a look. You want to have the kind of the perfect guy, but you know, guys aren't perfect. We aren't yeah. perfect. They aren't perfect. It is yeah. what it is, right? You watch the Pro Bowl, you know, and first play of the game he like drops a pass and you're like yeah. first play of the game <laughs> but he did score a touchdown later um i'm sure dave you saw that um, he scored in the pro bowl yeah didn't watch a second of it <laughs> that's t- I, a little more going on that day what was that day i don't know oh yeah that was a weird day um I don't. I mean, I I sort of agree with most of what you just said, but at the I don't know. I mean, guys had a thousand yards like five of his six seasons in the league. He's a pretty damn good player. He is. He, he is. is. But the, the question is, do you want the guy that's consistently going to give you ninety, eighty, ninety, a hundred yards a week, or you want the guy that's going to give you some two hundreds or some one fifties, but then some weeks he has thirty? Like that's where you have. That's where you have to make. Didn't a we say on toward? Cooper. We've said recently that like that's almost everybody, really. Like that's almost every receiver, like except it's for the top. Yeah, very very hard to be a week in week out six catches hundred yards guy. The one Not thing I will say though is, I, even I will say this about some of those other receivers though, there are times when you see them they might not have a great game statistically, but there'll be moments in that game. Maybe it's toward the end of the game where they will make a huge play for their team. And I think in in Amari's case, I do wonder if it seems like when he disappears, he kind of just disappears. I would want to see even in games where they may not they may not think the matchup is favorable to really go to him a lot. But I would think at some point in that game, they figure out how to get a play 
that really can make a difference in the game. And it just seems like it's either or for him. It doesn't seem like there are those games where even if he's not having a great statistical day, there's a big moment that he provides where the team needs something he can well, give it to him. And when you look at it in this different perspective, it's like in those games where he wasn't playing necessarily well, does his presence still bring something to the field where it now creates more opportunities for these other guys? And it probably does. And that's how I used to yeah. see Demarcus Lawrence. I'm like, okay, even at times... In my mind, like even before this past year, he's the one guy that regardless of him not making a specific play, his presence still creates opportunities for these other guys next to him. So is he that type of player when he's on the field? I don't I mean, I mean, I would think that it probably helps. I would think defenses have to go into games thinking as far as the passing game is concerned. The first priority probably is you got to stop Amari Cooper. Now, the first priority really is you got to stop the run. Mm-hmm. But and that's the number one with the Cowboys, I would think, if you're playing them. But when you're talking about the passing game, I would assume that the first guy they got to be worried about is Amari Cooper, and they're going to spend a little extra time trying to take him out of games, which should create opportunities for others. To go back to the overall question, I, th- I mean, I think the world of Byron. I think he's underrated. He doesn't get takeaways, but his cover, he's he's outstanding. And to do what he did this year without an off season, really impressive. Robert Quinn, fantastic. Like. Played out so perfectly, like that's exactly the type of addition the Cowboys need to be making, low cost, high upside, mm-hmm. saying it for years. I'd love to have them both back, and I think it's realistic to think two of those three can be here. Probably, it would. I think it would be Cooper and Quinn, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Point being is, like, I'm going to re-sign the guy that touches the football the most often and really has the biggest chance to directly impact games. Because we always, I mean, and like the best day of your life as a defensive end is getting like three sacks out of 80 snaps. You know, like you just don't have as many opportunities to impact the game as a quarterback, obviously, right. or a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So Cooper's got to be priority number two. Amber, you agree with that? Cooper's yeah. your second priority? Yeah, well, like I said, when he what comes third? to the offense. Third? At a Quinn... Malik Collins and Byron Jones. Yeah, you can take whatever free agent you want. Who's the third guy? If we all agree that Cooper's the second, who's the third guy? I'm oh, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, it, it's to me, it would be between Quinn and Byron Jones. I just don't think they'll be able to give Byron Jones the kind of money that he probably deserves to keep him here. But he's a guy that... I don't think it's going to be that easy replacing him, and regardless of him not being able to catch balls. I mean, the way he plays still, and the the Cowboys are still going to need a lot of help in the secondary as a whole. I mean, you got uh, Cheeto, Jordan. When when are they next next, next, next year. year? That's coming up too. So maybe you got to draft a guy and mm-hmm. somebody. So definitely got to draft a guy this year. I think there's there's a lot of question marks there and a lot of needs you better do one of those two uh quinn or byron jones because if you don't have byron jones then you need somebody to definitely get after that quarterback and if you don't have quinn then you need someone to cover so i mean i i just don't think they're gonna get byron jones in a perfect world i don't think it's even close i would re-sign byron like if money was ahead of quinn yeah if money was no object, he's 27. He's super oh, yeah, athletic. But, but, okay, right. But we're not in a perfect right, world. Yeah. I just, I don't. <laughs> but based on the money, factoring everything that you know, I don't think it's realistic to think Byron Jones comes back here yeah. unless yeah. they were to get a deal done with one of these two in the next month and open up the franchise tag. But guess what? Or we the said that about tag for Byron. Lyle Collins, oh, Jalen Smith. We news, were thinking those guys were gonna get some big flash, money somewhere else. Newsflash: We're wrong all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but like. But to your point, yeah, that would that happened in August. That happened like you got months to sort through it and get you know get through the season. We're in crunch time right now, where mm-hmm. there's there's five weeks until free agency opens, and unless the Cowboys bl- were willing to blow Byron Jones away, he'd be insane to take a deal right now when he's this close to hitting the open market yeah. where and they don't have a yeah. lot of options. They can't franchise him probably cuz they got these other ones they got to do. They probably can't transition him I mean, cuz they've got these other ones to this do. This so. is this is the most earning potential he'll ever have in his life cuz somebody's going to be willing to throw stupid money at him. And I just can't imagine he'd be willing to take a deal before he sees what that would look like. And I personally I think that's a mistake for a team. I think if a team pays him top five cornerback money, I think that's a mistake. I think he is a good cornerback. I think we're, our opinions are somewhat uh, put on a curve because based on all the cornerbacks you got here, he's the best of what you got here. 
But I think he's a good cornerback. I don't think he's a great cornerback. I think, I mean, that's so hard to say until you know where he goes. Like, if 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 the Detroit Lions pay him out the just out the wazoo and it's great, like, yeah, then it probably looks like a mistake. Like, is he going to put you over the top? But, like, if he were to go to a team like Philadelphia where they are, they I mean, they still, they're like the Cowboys. Like, despite being disappointing, they have a nice roster. Like, they're built to succeed. Mm-hmm. They got the quarterback. They got all that stuff in place. They need to draft a receiver. But I could imagine he goes there and it's like, oh, man, Philly's pass rush has been on another level since they had this cornerback that can stick to his coverage and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden they look really smart. So I think it just depends on where he goes. What I do wonder, though, is that we think the coverage has been pretty good. I wonder if in a, on a team where uh, where opposing teams figure, hey, we're going to test him a little bit more. Because I don't think he doesn't get tested a whole lot here. I think there are better options to go to, obviously. Uh, but I don't think he gets tested a whole lot here. I want to see what he happen- what happens in one of those teams where they say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll test him a little bit more. I want to see if he still can because he, he's not a guy that necessarily is going to get his hands on the ball. So – what is he gonna What is he gonna do there? Because we've yeah. seen it here. Even in tight coverage, sometimes teams are able to complete some passes on him. I wonder what will happen on a team like that. Yeah, I would argue that he gets his hands on the ball. He just doesn't ever catch it. Nick, you want he bats in there? He bats a lot I, of passes down. He just doesn't catch them. I, I don't. I mean, I, I, obviously, the Mike Nolan qu- quote yeah. that he said, uh, the story he told about Troy Aikman telling him a long time ago, "I'm not worried about guys that don't." Uh, pick the ball off. I mean, I'm worried about Dion. I'm not worried about a guy that bats the ball down. And I thought immediately, well. That's not good for Byron Jones. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if he leads the team in pass breakups. I'm not sure either. I don't even know where he ranks in on the league because I but, think that's another thing will, to consider there, right? I, I will kind of argue with you a little bit on the on the standpoint of you know he doesn't have they don't have to test him. I mean, it, you want to be able to play the whole field, and so if it works to test him, you would. I mean, I think the reason why he doesn't get tested a lot is because he's got his guy covered. I mean, he's got it covered. Uh, he's a good cover guy. So I just think there's 32 teams that value differently when it comes to cornerback and coverage and the scheme that they play. And somebody's going to have that cap value and be like, this guy covers. That's good. That's better than what we've got. But when you're going into a – let's say you're the opposing team, you're going into a week against the Cowboys, and you're looking at how this defense plays. You're looking at Cheeto. You're looking at, Mm -hmm. you know, Jalen. You're looking at, you know, the safeties. And you're saying – there are a lot of ways to exploit them in the passing game that I don't really necessarily need to spend a lot of time over there. And yeah. to be honest with you, that doesn't mean you don't go over there because they still throw it, Byron. Yeah. It's just that when you look at it, you got a lot more opportunities in other places, so go to those other yeah. places. And because they don't move around, you can take your receiver and move him around and put him in some of those favorable yeah. situations. That's my only point. And I don't know if on other teams that will necessarily be the case because of the construction of those other defenses. Right. I'll just I'll I'll be interested cuz in you know, it's the week after the Super Bowl, everybody's reflecting on like, you know, everybody that's not the Niners and the Chiefs is trying to think about like how that worked for them. And for the longest time, you know, the Seahawks were the story of the decade with how they hit on all these draft picks and it was just this perfect storm, and that is obviously a very successful way to build a Super Bowl team. Yeah, but we've also seen that there's no one way to do it, and the Chiefs just and again, Mahomes is the biggest part of it. But the Chiefs put together a Super Bowl roster that is absolutely full of gaudy free agent signings. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos did it a few years ago too. Yep. Like there are multiple ways to do this thing, and so if Byron were to go to a team that, like to Nick's point, he fits the scheme, he fits what they need. I could see it being a really smart signing for somebody. Just depends on who it is. Let's take our final break. We're going to come back. We're going to get some questions from you guys. Call us, 888-855-2297. Again, it is 888-855-2297. We'll be right back. This is The Break. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too It's right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. 
based on GWS1 score September 2019. You want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com back to the break welcome back it is the final segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star i'm having a good time with these guys today we've got a good conversation flowing about free agency we're gonna get some calls and some uh, opinions from you guys call us at 888-855-2297 we'll do that till we end the show we got a call from brian in waco brian what up hey guys how's it going today good how are you good doing good doing good Hey, um, so I have a little bit of a, a comment. So um, I was watching the other day um, the uh, sounds on the sidelines that uh, y'all put out, which are awesome, by the way. I know all the fans really. Shout out to Alex. Shout out Alex yeah. Lilly, yeah. Yeah, they are, they are amazing. Um, the, uh, the one, the last game against the Redskins, there's a, um, there's a particular part where I think Michael Gallup just got his second touchdown, I want to say. And... Uh, Marcus Lawrence comes over and talks to um, you know the wide receivers to you know Amari you know yours yours is up next to Amari he's like no I'm good you know I'm good and uh, that also just his demeanor kind of scares me a little bit I'm with you know Nick on that a little bit so I was curious what you guys would think about maybe uh, mm. uh, like releasing him and maybe signing like a Chris Jones from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, their defensive tackle, and then just, you know, getting a safety in the first round and maybe thinking about getting one of those wide receivers in the second or third. Just kind of wanted your your thoughts on that, maybe. All right. Thanks for the call. Somebody actually asked me about Chris Jones before we went on the air on Twitter. And, I mean, is he free agent? Yeah. He's, like, he's the biggest free agent on that Chiefs team. He's a hell of a player. He made a play that changed the game. Um I know the coaching staff is different, but I think all the front office people are the same, and I just don't think the Cowboys are going to spend that kind of money on an outside free agent. I don't that, think that, that has changed. That ultimately goes back to Steven and Jerry. Right. And I don't know that, they, that they've shown us in the last several years that they're willing well, to go all in on free agency like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're talking about Amari's contract or Dak or whatever, I mean, Dak's obviously going to be here. But if you don't do that with Amari, like the caller just said, I mean, you know, that, that was my biggest problem about not signing Dez. I mean, they didn't do anything with the money. You know, they didn't. I mean, I guess they'll argue that they did, you know, moving moving it to the next year and maybe signing some the guys that they signed. But I, I don't know. I, you better do something with it if you're not going to if you're not going to have a top wide receiver. And I think if you look at that Jets game, I think they beat that team by 14 points. If Amari's there, I think he was a difference maker not being there. So you better replace it somehow. Like I, we talked about this in the first segment. Like if you don't want to give him a long term contract. I'm not going to argue too intensely with you, but he needs to be on this team in 2020 if you're expecting to accomplish remotely close to what your goals would be, I think. Because it sounds great. The caller even said, you know, second, third round. Again, I mean, that that's Michael Gallup. And he's great. Like, that is a successful draft pick. But was he ready to be a starter? On I mean, he was. But was he ready to be a starter week one of 2018? I think he caught one pass for six yards against the Panthers that day. First game. Um, 
and, and even and you know Odell Beckham hit the ground running. Uh, Hopkins has been awesome from the from the jump. Like it's doable, but it probably have to, it, it's rare. And yeah. even for a first round pick, I mean, um, you know, people give the Bears crap for for draft uh, picking Trubisky over Pat Mahomes. Like the Tennessee Titans drafted Corey Davis, I believe, in that mm-hmm. draft, if I remember. And like he's had injury issues. It's just it's a crapshoot. I'm I'm not willing to put that kind of strain on a rookie, even if it's, even if it's Julio Jones, it's a big risk. Yeah, you I can think. even think about a guy like Debo Samuels, who everybody agrees is a guy that's going to be a really great player in this league. If he were the only receiving or the or brought in to be the best receiving threat that they had, and they were going to be relying on him like the Cowboys relied on Amari Cooper, I don't know that he was ready for that in his first Speaking year. Speaking as his fantasy owner, it took him half the season yeah. to come on. He was a non-factor from September to late October. Another, so another example is a, a later first-round pick was DJ Moore for the Carolina Panthers. His first year. Pretty good year, you know, but it took a while to kind of get going. And then this second year, I believe he was in the Pro Bowl. Yep. So, I mean, it's not a bad route. It's just that I I'm I want the Cowboys to draft a receiver and to do it with a high pick this year because I think the receiver class is that loaded and it could be beneficial. But I, at the very least, I think Amari needs to be on a tag. But every year, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, let's get this player for development. And for the future, it's like, okay, I'm tired of the future. Mm-hmm. Like, it <laughs> needs well, to happen if, now. If I'm the, ready for someone that can come in and do it now. If that's the case, then sign, sign the guys you've got. Yeah, you know? sign Amari Cooper. He can do it now. At least 12 times out of 16. And you can make the case that a deep receiver class means that, you know, somebody you like in the fourth or fifth round you know, because it's so deep. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing. It was, you know, they had a vision for Tony for Tony Pollard. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a highly rated running back. You know, where they drafted him, but they thought that what what they had with Zeke that he would be a perfect complement. And so far, I mean, he looks like he's that's the a good quality pick. of this receiver class could push a guy like Devin Duvernay into day three of the draft. I don't know that for sure, but it could yeah. He's he's exclusively a slot guy. I mean, he's a little less versatile. But where is the Vernie gonna go? I don't know. We got to figure. <laughs> no, we got to figure that out. Um, yeah, I mean, there there's talent to be had in the draft for sure, but I just. You're not you're not a playoff contender without Amari Cooper on your team in 2020 at least. All right, let's get a call from Tim in Boston. Tim, what up? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Quick question: uh, Do you think that this new regime, coaching staff, will actually decide to spend some capital on our defensive line as far as like the one technique or the three technique? Uh, in the past, like Dave and Brian were on the draft show, they'd always talk about this defensive lineman. And like, oh yeah, but he's more of a one technique. <laughs> yeah. aren't, you handicap- aren't you handicapping your defensive line? Nick's always called for that big old Vince Wilfork type of guy. Sloppy. I mean, I didn't go to MIT, but uh, when twenty five percent of your defensive line isn't necessarily a priority in your scheme, I think that reared its head in our run game too. I'm just my question. I guess is, do you think you're going to see a philosophical change? Yes. In building that defensive line, because that really scares me. All right, thanks for the call, Tim. I, I do think you will um, see a change there, I think, uh, and from the priority standpoint. Um, why? Why do you think that is? Why? Um, well, we talked about this uh, before the show. I, I think one of the reasons why, like he, he said, it helped. It hurt the run game. It, it might have hurt more than that, too. I think that the philosophy is going to be, you've got really good linebackers. You've got athletic linebackers. Uh, cover them up. Protect them. Mm. Get some bigger guys up front because the Malik Collins of the world and those guys that are undersized, but they can get up the field. Because Malik Collins was like, he was one of your best pass rushers, even across the line. That's great. But the draw play happens, and all of a sudden the guard and the center are coming right out of your linebacker. Yeah, and and you know, and then one guy's got a neck injury. Yeah, that's the point. Like, and just for those that may not understand what you mean when you say cover them up, you're meaning use those guys as basically shields. They keep the offensive lineman from getting to the second level. Now your linebackers are free again, being athletic as they, yeah. as athletic as they are. They're free now to roam and get to the ball and get to the ball quickly. And yeah. that's hopefully that hopefully helps your defense and, be better all. And it all helps around. your blitz as well yeah. because you can you know you have to kind of contain those guys in the center and then you can maybe blitz from you know from the outside or or whatever. But I mean I, I do think that's a great question because I think it'll be safety and defensive tackle have never been high priorities and. 
you know, I, I think it needs to be. I agree, and that I'm I'm fascinated because okay, we just said they're not going to splash cash in free agency, but they will have to sign people. They always do, and I think I mean this is a good year to need defensive tackles. I mean, you know, if Malik Collins might not be coming back, Antoine Woods, really Tristan Hill's the only pure defensive tackle with a contract. Mm. Don't make that face. Jim Tom Jim Tom Sula is an accomplished watching. coach. He might he might coax I'm it out of him. Just listen to what you have to say. But, Wow. It takes time, Derek. It takes time to grow. It doesn't take time to play. It doesn't take time to play. All right, fine. Fine. Cool. I don't like, I hate it when I'm the sunshine pumper, so I'll just shut up. Uh, It's not your role. No, No, it's not. Play your role. Michael Brockers is out there. Um, From? LSU. But, I mean, that doesn't matter. Marcel. Oh, it absolutely matters. Marcel Darius is out there. From? Uh, uh, Alabama. That matters. Jordan Phillips, who blew, I mean, he'll probably be too expensive. He blew up in Buffalo this year. But even, there's even like less, you know, uh, Vernon Butler, first round pick out of, uh, for Carolina. He's a bust, but that's the type of guy the Cowboys have shown interest in in the past. Um, Ashawn Robinson, Jerron Reed, two more Bama guys. Danny Shelton back out on the unrestricted market. Like, there are guys who could really help them, which, you know, yeah. defensive tackle looks like this huge need right now, but if they prioritize it in free agency, maybe all of a sudden you and, feel pretty good about it by the time the draft rolls and, around. And don't look at somebody's free agent list and go, wait a second, we just picked up the eighth best defensive tackle from this guy's list, but Malik Collins is third on there, and, and why didn't we try to sign him? You know, but... I don't know all the the height and weight of those guys. I think Shelton, wasn't he like a three? Shelton's a nose. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a monster. So I just think Ashawn Robinson's huge it's too. It's a different Good kind Lord. of fit. A different fit of what they're looking for. So yes, I think the caller is right on there about. I'm the I'm fascinated again. I've, I've I'm a broken record. I'm sorry, but like under in the Garrett era, you're like, well, this is what they're going to do. These are the types of players they're going to sign, and then they'll do this in the draft. But it's going to change. Like. They're going to value different body types on the D-line. They're going to value different skill sets in the, in the secondary. And there will be new names and new archetypes on this team that affect what they do in the draft. And I will say this. I know we, we I said the opposite a little earlier, or at least it leaned toward the opposite, in saying that, well, it's Jerry and Steven going to be making those kinds of decisions. They haven't shown recently that they're willing to necessarily make a splash in free agency. The one thing you have to throw in is there is a different coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And because there is a different coaching staff, and second of all, because the Cowboys have so many free agents that are going to be in flux, this may be a year that they decide, hey, we feel like we're really close. We have a new coaching staff. They want to revamp what our team looks like. They want to revamp what our defensive tackles look like, what our secondary looks like, right? And if they go that route, they may decide they want to take two or three of those those free agent signings and make them really big, splashy guys, like guys that really can be cornerstone pieces to your defense. So I, I would be very careful. I'm going to be very careful of assuming that I know what they're going to do in free agency until I see it. I still think they're going to probably lean back to what they've done because the, the, the guys that are evaluating the talent are still the same, and obviously ownership's still the same. But I do think it's something to keep an eye on. I, I also think that unlike what you've seen in most years, uh, definitely here, I mean, because Garrett's been you know, looking at the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years when going into the draft, but your head coach this year was looking at all 32 teams. Uh, maybe not every game, yep. but he was looking at a lot of games, and so he has a better – uh, understanding of of kind of of you know the head coach has a better understanding of what's out there than than ever before and that's not a knock at anyone he was just out of football looking at everybody in the league wondering where his next stop was going to be so when when they pull up tape of a guy he should have a better understanding mm-hmm. because he's been in the league for so long and was watching it last year and may have some pet cats that he got along the way yeah. he's like I've been looking at this guy right. all season he's a free agent I think we need to go target yeah. him make yeah. it a project of mine to identify all of the available free agents that have spent time around Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan mm-hmm. over the last like four years. I think that's probably a worthwhile Tom endeavor. Sula too, maybe. Tom Sula, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, we're going to take one more phone call really quick before we end the show. This one's from Han in Tulsa. Han, what up? Hi, thanks for taking my, uh, taking my phone call. Absolutely. Uh, do you guys have any concern about the offensive line and the kicking game? Uh, offensive line, especially on the left guard position, it, it seemed like unsettled there. Okay. Um, I'll hang up listen to your opinion. Thanks for the call. What do you guys think? Connor Williams, I mean, um, you Where know. are you with him? Do you think at this point 
He's a guy that's going to be a really good player for the Cowboys. You think he's just going to be a guy that right now you can hope to be him to be a bridge before you get another guy? Do you think you need to make a move right now? I don't know. I really don't. I wish I had a better answer for you. I but I mean, yeah, they drafted him high, you know, but this staff didn't. Um, I think that they're, you know, but who who's going to be better? I mean, is it Connor McGovern? Maybe is it? It's not gonna, I mean, is a free agent. We have not absolutely seen anything, anything. from McGovern. Right. No, but, but, but he's a free agent, though. Do you? Is that a position where you need to go out and again getting a guard? You don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money to get a veteran guard that can come in and be better necessarily. Yeah. Right. Now he may be a progress stopper if you think that he can still get better. That if you still think Connor can get better and can be a much better player with time, yeah. Then you don't necessarily want to stop his progress. But if you if you're starting to sour on that. Maybe you do go the route of getting a veteran. I guard. think the jury was out. I mean, I know I was standing on the table that Suafilo was better. Um, I think it was. I don't know what y'all think. I mean, I think it was kind of a wash. He wasn't clearly better, but I do think he was a little bit better because he was stronger. And I think that's something of need, especially with Travis last year. I don't think Travis's strength was all the way back. It, it shouldn't have been. So I, I think the strength was a need. I don't know if he was technically better, and he certainly isn't a better athlete than Connor Williams. He's a really good athlete for a guard. Um, so it, it's really it's, it's tough to tell. There's just a lot of moving parts there at the tackle at the offensive line position. I'm not super worried about it unless they. I mean, we've talked about it a million times. Like unless they want to move Connor Williams to tackle and have him be your swing tackle, I'm. I would like that. I think I would too. Actually, I I think Connor suffers from be playing on a line full of all pros and being a top 50 pick like he's not amazing but i'm not convinced that he's like this game in game out liability that some people make him out to be mm-hmm. uh, and then factor in the part where they have a top 100 pick who we haven't seen which not saying he's gonna McGovern, be great but McGovern. Connor mcgovern should be available and and fight that thing out if he's awesome then he can have Connor williams job that's fine with me but you've so you've got two Highly touted talents who can fight for that job, and would that's you, fine with me. Would you bring back Joe Looney? I would love to have Joe Looney back for his flex and just because I love him. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him as my backup center. I, yeah. I think he's steady. I think he's a guy you can rely on. And uh, until I see Travis back to the point where he was before the the syndrome, I want to have that kind of insurance. Well, yeah. in Orlando? Hmm? Orlando? In the Pro Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I mean, kidding. No, I'm but kidding. you know, you know my point. I, 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 like, I think last Standard. year, what? I, no. I, I think last year, I think last year he was he was okay. I think there were moments where you're like, man, I don't know if his strength is really back. Yeah. You saw him. You saw things uncharacteristically happening to him that didn't happen before. Um, and so I want to see now in the second year, is he even stronger? Is he back to being the Travis Frederick that we that we knew for many years as one of the best centers hey, in the league? Ryan Tannehill won Comeback Player of the Year. Congratulations, because that was a big that was a big comeback. BS. If you yeah. if okay. you saw Travis in the locker room at the end of the of the 2018 season, he would have been a unanimous pick. Mm-hmm. He would have been. I mean, just I agree He's not that. playing football again. I agree oh, he is playing football again. He's going to make the Pro Bowl when he comes back. I mean, it's yeah. I. It's awesome. Tannehill got injured a couple years ago, but like, did he come back from something besides just being a bad player? Yeah, that's BS. And by me. the way, that's he not wasn't the nature a great of the award. Player. He played okay this yeah, year. Yeah, I he think threw expectations for seventy five yards yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Like Jimmy G came back from an Achilles. That's awesome, Jimmy G. Not, but guys do that every year. And obviously, we're biased because we're in the bubble. But like Travis didn't look like he was going to be able to walk, let alone play football. He has said himself that he was like. How much longer will I be able to like hold my son? You know, his kid. You know, his, yeah. I mean, uh, he's like suffering from. He was suffering from something that's basically killing you from the inside and out. You know, yeah. it's not necessarily an and injury. He that you wasn't. Can... You know, he probably got to the Pro Bowl more on reputation than how good he was. Mm-hmm. But he still played center in the NFL at a high level yeah. a year after all of that. And it's just stupid that nobody wanted to recognize that. So but I, I we think do. we all agree he wasn't. The fri- he wasn't as good as he was before. No, and right. that's the point where I want to have Looney here as my protection until 
I see that. Once I see that, I'm good to say, hey, you're good. You and can here's, have a, here's another one. Behind. Until I see Connor McGovern show me that he can be some kind of swing guard center flex guy. Because if he can do that, then that's different. But yeah. he, when is he going to be able to show that? But that also goes back to the point. If, if, if I think that Travis is back to being himself, I think that guard position gets a lot better. I think Connor's a better player yeah. if those two guys beside him are playing at the level that we thought that they'd Tiring be playing at. Yeah. Are you all ready to have the conversation? About how there will probably be a pretty good left tackle there at pick seventeen. We're or? gonna we're gonna wait and we're gonna have that conversation at a later date because okay. I do want to talk overall about this offensive line because I think there are a lot of different little storylines that you can pick up on this offensive line that are worth discussing. We'll do that in a later week though. Cool. All right, we appreciate you guys joining wait. us. We are back. Huh? He asked about the kicking game too. Oh. oh, sorry. He did. Are yeah. you worried about the kicking game? That was the second part. I of did the not question. hear that. I so, worried he about did. The, he the did. kicker's a baller. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sign in. sign Kai Forbath and bring I'm in like in. at least two guys for for the summer. Kai was nailing him. I'm in. Okay. We gotta kick him. Okay. That's <laughs> stop it. First time he misses an extra point. He'll be like, I will oh, say, man, give me a kicker. I don't care how scarred I don't care how scarred we all are by the last two years. Like I'm not drafting a kicker. Mm-hmm. I got too much other stuff to do. Yeah. And you can find good kickers just right. sitting out like you just gotta find them. Like right. they mm-hmm. exist. They yep. exist. All right, we well, appreciate you joining us. We are back next Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. We will be back the Wednesday after. Next week, oh. we're going to be in a secret location doing some <laughs> retreating. So uh, so we'll be back the week so after. So you don't want to do like a Monday show? No, or no, no. Give we, the people what they want? Uh, uh, we'll okay. be back okay. the week after okay, next cool, Wednesday. Cool, cool. And we'll Build talk up some, some Cowboys tension, football. You know? Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break. Live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?